You're listening to the Brown Trout and Bridge Beers Podcast. There it is. Hey everyone, it's Carp. You know that guy that constantly ruins Grant and Matt's live streams on Instagram? Yeah, that's me. I'm here to give you three quick tips for winter trout fishing. You should listen to these because I'm kind of an expert. Kind of an expert. No, I am an expert. No, I'm an expert at pretending to be an expert. But really, you should listen to these because I'm kind of a big deal when it comes to fly fishing for trout in the winter. Not really. I catch nothing but trees, rocks, and good times. In all seriousness, these tips will help make your outings much more enjoyable. Tip number one, a good pair of socks. Your feet are important. You're going to be standing in the cold water and your feet will get cold. It just makes sense. I've been wearing the Sims Merino Thermal over-the-calf socks all winter and I've been loving them. I've even used them on some of my upland hunting trips. Talking to Grant about socks, he suggested changing your socks when you get to the river to fish. This way you have a fresh pair on and not the socks you were wearing in the car with the foot defrost blasting hot air on your feet making them all sweaty. Tip number two, hand warmers. I mean, it's just kind of a given. You need your fingers to tie knots. If they become frozen or numb, you're going to drop flies in the water or on the ground. You also might not even be able to tie the knot needed because you can't feel your fingers. So bring hand warmers. Tip number three, make sure you have a good winter hat. As human beings, we lose roughly 10% of our body heat through our heads. I read that on Google. It doesn't sound like a lot, but I sure don't want to lose any body heat while standing outside in the freezing cold. Make sure you have a good winter beanie. Not only will it keep you from losing that 10% of body heat, it will keep your ears from turning into icicles and falling off your head. If you're in the market for heat-containing fashion, Bob Mitchell's Fly Shop and 10 and 2 Co. have some stylish offerings that you should consider. Well, those are my three tips for winter trout fishing. Now, go out there and catch more rocks than me. I dare you. Bye. Don't open that door. <laughs> the door's, the, you're right by the door. Do you need to go back in the closet? No. When the sock's on, you don't knock. <laughs> <laughs> well, that seems like a, a good as place as any to uh, kick off another episode of Brown Trout and Bridge Beers. Um, unfortunately, we're doing another Zoom episode. And even worse than that, I don't know if you guys listened to our last episode, but we had Carf give us kind of a gift um list of you know for you guys coming up with the christmas things somehow he's still on the podcast from that yeah with us right now justin carfidnini how are you sir i'm doing well good good <laughs> thanks for joining us uh today uh we've also got two other guys with us um because why not? Uh we're on zoom we can do whatever we want we've got Chris Dotchel is that Dockle. Dockle, thank you. And uh, Micah Kreider. Nailed it. 
And Mike has been with us on the podcast uh, once before, should have been twice, but I'll blame Matt because, hey, Matt's not here either. So, uh, yeah, um, Chris, why don't you give us a quick introduction to who you are, where you're from, who your favorite boy band is? Favorite boy band? Oof. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm Chris. I am from, I live in Hudson, Wisconsin, hailing from parts of Minnesota. Uh, favorite boy band. Oh man. Maybe 98 degrees. Oh, yeah. Man. All right. Yeah. You know, I'll go something a little less low key than the main three, I guess. I don't know. That's fair. No, I'll, I'll <laughs> take that. I'll take that. And Michael, why don't you give us a quick, uh, refresher who we are, where you're from. Yeah. Who's my your, name is Micah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, who's your favorite, um, not boy band. <laughs> all right sounds good so yeah my name is micah uh, i live in south st paul and i'm originally from wisconsin but i've lived in minnesota for the last 10 years and my favorite not boy band well i just did my spotify year in review deal you know that everyone's doing and sharing so uh, apparently my favorite artist last year was uh coulter wall so kind of the outlaw country guy that's fair yeah. i heard i heard carf carf lights coulter wall yeah yeah. Yes. <laughs> Very that's elaborate. That's all you got, Carf. <laughs> this is the fun thing about having Carf, <laughs> Carf on the podcast. I like him. I, it's not fresh in my head right now. I've been listening to uh, the Greatest Showman soundtrack, like not. Oh yes, dude, that's a good soundtrack. Yeah. I am unfamiliar. I guess I I need to check that out. You Have do. you seen the movie? Because it's it's yeah. cool. Just watch the movie. <laughs> So have you actually just been listening to the soundtrack or just watching the movie on repeat? Uh, both. <laughs> like at the same time. No, like, do you just mute time. the movie? No? All right. No, I just don't watch it. I just let it play. And then I hear it and I know what's happening. It's good. And you sing through the whole thing. Absolutely. Can you, to. Do you want to give us any kind of preview no. of what that singing may right may or not sound like <laughs> All right. now maybe in a little while <laughs> sounds good well let's you know let's get into why why do we have christian mike on the show well i wanted to talk to you guys because um i don't know if you've if you're listening and you follow mike and chris on instagram uh or the facebook's mainly instagram probably they've had a kind of a hell of a year uh when it comes to musky fly fishing um, so talk to me, uh, Chris, we'll start with you. Talk to me leading up to fall. What does your game plan look like? Are you, are you scouting ahead of time or do you just kind of go with the flow and how the weather plays out? Um, I'm not asking to blow up spots, but you know, I, how far in advance are you biting your teeth to be able to get out there for that fall time muskie hunt? Uh, so for starters, I don't plan that far ahead of me. Um, but as far as when I can fish, I don't get to fish a whole lot. So usually I pick my days. I'll look at the lunar calendars and, uh, look at new moons, full moons. Uh, and those days I'll try to get off work. And if they're on the weekend, just make plans for that. But uh, 
you know, going into fall, I'm looking for bigger water, bigger fish, uh, where they're going to be concentrated. So, but yeah, as I'm planning, I'm really looking at lunar phases and, uh, trying to pick my days accordingly since I only get a few days out a year. So he makes those few days count too. <laughs> Try to. Yeah. Try to. Speaking of that, why don't the two of you, if you don't <clears throat> mind, tell us a little bit about one of those magical days that you had this fall. Well, Chris uh, had more uh, magical days than I did. So I can, uh, I, I'll, I'll share, I'll share the one that we just had. Um, <laughs> it was, it was, it was pretty, pretty epic. So, uh, a couple of weeks ago. So at very end of November, um, Chris and I had been, we fished together once this year, but we just hadn't gotten to fish together like we usually do. And, uh, we had a, a Saturday coming up that was above freezing, which was nice. Uh, so Chris hit me up and, um, him, myself and our, our buddy Landon went out fishing and Chris's toey. And, uh, we started out a section of river that we had never musky fished before. Not, no, not me, Landon or Chris ever musky fished it. I smallmouth bass fished it earlier in the year. And, uh, kind of thought it might be a good spot to try later in the fall, but just didn't get around to it. So we went out with uh, Chris and Landon and we started fishing. It was pretty cold. I think it was maybe so at 32, 33 degrees, Chris, in the morning. Well, the, the, the air temperature wasn't the problem. It was the 20 mile an hour winds. That was the problem. Right. So, so you know, as they say in musky fishing, sometimes the worse the weather, the better the fishing. So right. we, bu- we bundled up. And, yeah. Embrace the suck. <laughs> So we went out, uh, probably fished about an hour, hour and a half without any action. And then we got to this bank and the water we were fishing is pretty big water. Um, so there, there wasn't super obvious spots, you know, some of the smaller rivers, you'll see very obvious eddies or flat water. This is, this was more kind of reading the bottom or reading the banks. And we got to this one bank and Chris was in the front and whenever Chris is fishing, you never know what's going to happen. I've seen him catch a 46 inch area about a month before this. Uh, so he's in the front of the boat. I think I'm in the back landing's rowing. And, uh, all of a sudden Chris is just starts yelling fish, fish, fish. And I look up in front of the boat and sure enough, he's hooked up. The fish isn't too far. It probably ate what Chris, maybe 10 feet off the boat. I'm, oh, are you closer than that? I mean, yeah. I'd say five feet, even, I mean, it was close. It came right. all the way out. Big fish, uh, landing gets it in the net and, you know, we're just freaking out and we roll, you know, roll the boat over to the shore, get out, we all have our waders on and we get some measurements and I think it was what 46 by 20, 20 inch girth. 46 by 22 by 22. So it was just an absolute mega. Um, Jesus. and you know, so we got a few pictures, let it go. And at that point we had actually motored up from the landing to start. So the landing was like a quarter mile downstream from where we had started. And we were like, well, maybe we should just go over to the landing and be done. Right. You know, we fished for an hour and a half, got a 46. We're not going to get another one. You know, the landing's right there. It's cold, but of course we're not going to do that. So, uh, we fish for one another three hours kind of on and off and um we get to another bank that earlier in the year i had moved a really really nice smallmouth off of so it's kind of a you know a deep bank there's some structure in the water and i'm in the front this time and uh i'm, I'm fishing fishing slow and deep and all of a sudden no, you're in the kind of, back you're in the back you're right yeah, I was, man you're I'm in the losing, back losing my mind so i was in the back and uh i got kind of stuck on what you know felt like a tree right so you get this dead weight. Um, and I, you know, I gave it a couple strips and all of a sudden I just felt my rod tip start moving. And I realized, Oh, there's a, there's a fish on the end of my line. So I'm stripping, stripping, I'm yelling fish, you know, doing what you do when you catch a or hook up into a muskie, just kind of start freaking out. And this head comes up to the water and it was, you know, I've caught a few, few nice fish, but this thing was a different class. I mean, this was a mega fish. 
and I probably fought it for, I don't know, 10 seconds. Like it was, it was on and I thought I had a pretty good chance of getting it. And then all of a sudden the fly just pops out and like the fish is both side. I dropped to my knees. I put my hands over my head and I'm just like sitting in the boat. You know, I've had this happen before, so it's not the first time I've had my heart broken by a muskie, but it hurt a little bit. Um, and, uh, so I'd say we, we start fishing again cause the bank is good and we're still floating down the river. So I get back up, I start casting and I'm like, there's no way that this is going to happen again. Like I just lost my chance and Chris can attest. It probably wasn't less than less than five minutes, five minutes. Yeah. Less than five minutes. Tops. And I'm doing the same thing, same bank. We're maybe 30 yards down river and the same scenario happens. You know, I'm stripping, fishing deep and all of a sudden just, you know, I've, I feel my fly. And when you strip a musky fly, for those of you who have done it, you can, you can feel with every strip, you feel the weight of the fly. Like you can feel that fly on the end of your line. You know, so I'm stripping, I'm stripping. And all of a sudden I strip, but I don't feel my fly. Like there's just, it's like dead slack. So I kind of do a couple of quick strips to catch up to my fly. And all of a sudden I realize that there's a weight on there again. So I, you know, give it a good strip set and I realize, holy cow, I'm hooked up again. <laughs> so I, you know, I'm yelling, yelling fish and we're kind of freaking out. We get it in the net. Um, and this was the first fish I had caught on this specific river. And I've been trying to get a fish on this river for a while. So I was, you know, pretty stoked to finally cross that off. And mine wasn't quite as big as Chris's. I think it was 46 or 43 by 17 or something. So another really nice fish. Uh, we let it go. Fat fish. Fat, yeah, these are all really, really healthy, late, you know, late, late November fish. fish, man. They're eating yeah, that. Pretty exciting. So then we, we look at Landon and we're like, all right, Landon, pressure's on, man. Like <laughs> Chris has a fish. I have a fish. We need to complete the trifecta because the, the joke was uh, up until the month before when Chris had caught the other 46 with me, we had fished together for muskies multiple times. But we'd never caught one. So it was like, there's this weird kind of stigma that whenever Chris and I fish together, we just never get the muskie. Well, now we each gotten one and we're like, all right, we really need to have a banner day today. So Landon gets in the front. Um, I'm on the oars now. And again, I'm not kidding you. Chris can attest. It wasn't five minutes. Well, you got to back up a little bit. We, so before you hooked into the first big fish, I thought we graphed one above it. Yep. yep. So but then, Chris, yep. So then I thought we graphed one on my, on my, on my electronics. And then after Michael landed his, we went, we wrote or, uh, started up the motor and went back up and fish started to fish the whole bank again. Mm. Yep. Yep. So we worked the water. We just worked. <laughs> Got it. Uh, Land, Landon hadn't been fishing for five. I mean, he's, you know, we're, him and I are just kind of talking back and forth and all of a sudden he just stops talking. Like he's, he just like, he's mid sentence and just dead quiet. Silent, um, the silent type when they hook yep, up something. Yep. And I see, and I'm looking at his fly line and I just see it get taught. And I'm like, dude, is that a fish? And he, you know, he sets the hook. Sure enough, he's got a fish on. Chris and I are just like, we can't believe this is happening. Like, this is this is three fish, you know, two fish in a matter of 15 minutes, plus the one I had lost. Um, so we get Landon's fish in, and you know, we had completed the trifecta. We were pretty stoked. His was uh, 40 inches by I think 16 or something. Another really fat fish. Yeah. And you know, we got some pictures, let it go. And at that point, we were just we were sitting on the bank, just talking. We we're like, this is insane. Like, we just caught a 46, a 43, and a 40. And, you know, it's still cold, windy. And we're like, all right, well, something's clearly going on here. We need to keep going. <laughs> so, we, so we motor, we get back in the boat, we motor back up and it's maybe a 200 yard section of bank. Um, Landon's hands are cold because he was keeping the fish in the water and it's freezing cold. So he's on the oars. I'm in the back. Chris is back in the front. And no, I was really, in the back. I was in the back. Dude, That's important. Okay. 
right, Chris is in the back again. He's correcting me on the spot of the boat. Well, um, I, just, I like to be in the back of the boat. So that's right. Chris's thing is the back of the boat catches the fish, which other people have said too. So he's this is part of. Kind I've, of seen uh, I've seen that happen plenty of times. Right. So we're fishing. We're floating, kind of in the area where I had first lost that fish. Um, but I had had it on long enough that, you know, I just kind of figured it probably wasn't coming back, but you know, whatever. Well, Chris is in the back and all of a sudden, and this is again, probably 10 minutes after landing catches his fish, not a joke. And Chris hooks up and he starts yelling fish. And we realized this is the fish that I had lost. Like this is the one we had seen. It was like, we had just caught a 43 and a 40, but this was different class. And we quickly realized this is the mega. So Landon's in the middle. He gets the net. Chris fights it for, it wasn't a super long fight, but it was a pretty good battle. Uh, and we, and we get it in the net. And this time we didn't even really cheer that much. Like we netted it and Chris just looked at us and this is a quote. He goes, guys, this might be my 50. And we're like, Oh my. So we go over to the shore, get the tape measure out, do all the measurements. And it was 50 right on the nose with a 23 inch girth, just a humongous fish. Uh, it's pretty special. Chris, you should talk about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I just started screaming. I mean, it, it was weird because the bank that we were fishing was really steep, and uh, it, we were floating in about eight feet of water. And uh, my fly hit the rocks on the bank or the sand or whatever we were fishing, and uh, two strips, and I felt something heavy. I, it, if, if if no one here has ever musky fished this late in the year, I mean, I I haven't even. But later in the season, their strikes are very like lethargic. I mean, they, they pretty much put the fly in their mouth and sink to the bottom. They don't turn their head. It's really hard to hook fish this time of year. Cause they don't give you that, that grab and turn the other way. And, you know, so if you feel anything this time of year, I mean, you just got to give us, give her the hell and the strip sets. And my second strip, I felt something heavy and just gave it to her. And my second strip set, I think I pulled her head out of the water and just started screaming it. I mean, <laughs> My, Mike has fished with me a handful of times now that when I catch muskie or when someone catches muskie, I, it doesn't matter the size. I scream like a little girl and I get really excited. So that's the um, fun part. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, so I, I hook up and, uh, I don't know, came behind the boat, did a couple of slashes and uh, we got her in the net and it was I'm I, like, I'm kind of shaking now just thinking about it. Cause it was, it was just a wild moment. So. The fish, the fish that haunts you in your in your dreams at night now. Well, yeah, I mean, it's I sit, I seriously like before when I was waiting for you guys to let me in on this call, I was looking at musky photos because it's seriously like all I think about. <laughs> I have a a strong addiction to these fish right now. So it was one of those fish where like we had just seen you know within the last thirty minutes a forty three and a forty, which you know in, a, in any other sense are trophy fish yeah but when we had his in the net it was it it was just a totally different class you know and and once they get to that that length with every incremental inch of length the weight is just insane right so it's like that fish was so heavy the the picture one of the pictures that has been kind of circling of his fish it's chris in the water with both of his arms just like basically hugging the muskie you know because it's just so heavy that you can hardly even lift it out of the water 
Right. And when they get that fat, you know, they don't have anything to hold on to. So their fat just falls around in your hands. And, you know, I tried to hold it up and get the good grip and grin and she fell back onto my chest. And that's where that photo kind of comes from. I'm just laughing that I can't even hold this stupid fish. And right. That picture of him with his head back, just like laughing. That was 100% yep. candid. That was not staged whatsoever. I was just taking pictures and he just, it was, it was just funny how huge it was, you know? And for those of you who know Chris, he's not a big guy. So this musky, honestly, is like looks like the size of him in the picture. No, I, I just Googled 50 inches in feet and it's <laughs> four foot one. <laughs> and you're, you're not, you're, I told, you're totally far from four foot one. <laughs> I mean, we're, it's close though, right? Right, right. <laughs> but well, I, I get a kick out of whenever I catch one of these fish, I bring it home and I send up you know, show a photo to my kids and I got a nine, six and three year old. So I always compare them. Like when I'm showing them, I compare them to how big they are. So like the 50 inch, my oldest son is 55 inches tall and my middle son is like 45 inches tall. So I'm like, this is like catching you, man. Like, yeah, it's insane. <laughs> that's one way to, one way to get them to go swimming again in the water. Be like, hey. <laughs> Dad goes out and catches these fish the size of you all the time. Not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty nuts. And the untold part of the story. So we sat on the bank for maybe 30 minutes after that and just talked like we, none of us had any desire to fish. We're like this, you know, the day was kind of like a, like a finished his flask after that fish. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, we just, yeah, it was, it was a good time. But then we were floating down the river. We were probably, I don't know, quarter mile down the river, just trying to get to the takeout. And we get to this bank that just looks so good. Just so good. So I'm like, man, I did, I told myself I wasn't going to fish again, but man, this bank is way too good. Mm -hmm. And the untold part of the story is Landon actually had another fish on after that, but half a mile down river. We never saw, but it was, he was fighting it for maybe 10, 15 seconds and it popped, but we almost had a five fish day. That's, that's insane. Awesome. That's, that's absolutely insane. On November 29th. On November 29th. In Wisconsin. Yep. <laughs> when guys were ice fishing this time last year. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, I forgot to ask, is dad's root beer okay on brown trout and bridge beers? Oh yeah, we don't discriminate against any type of beers. All beers are, <laughs> beers are accepted. Because <clears throat> uh, truth be told, I'm not even drinking hams. I'm drinking Labatt's. So, oh, you know, we've, I know, it's, it's been Water. weird. Water. <laughs> that a boy. Um, so I got to ask, cause I'm curious. Nobody else is curious. Wow. Uh, what was, what was the fly of the day on, on your guys's crazy 11, 29 day? Well, I, uh, I'll never catch two muskie on the same fly. Uh, when I catch a muskie on a fly, it goes on the wall. So my first, the 46th of the day, that first fish of the day was caught on like, uh, it was like a orange, yellow and rust double Buford, about 15 inches long. And Chris then, has uh, big flies. He throws big flies. Yeah, I don't, I don't mess around. I like 15's <laughs> the minimum size this time of year. Um, but then the second fish was on tried and trusted uh, black and shark uh, double Buford 15 inch fly. And that one, we were scared. Um, when I was fighting her, we saw the tail of the fly hanging out of her gale plate. Mm. And uh, so we got her in the net. And the first, I, I normally like to take pictures with the fly in the mouth. But uh, the first thing we did is got the tools, got the jaw spreader, and 
cut my fly up and got the hook out of there. Luckily, she was hooked about as far back into her mouth in the roof of her mouth as it can be before it starts getting to the gills and the vital stuff. So we got lucky there. That's good. We got the fly out, didn't leave anything in. It was good. Yeah. I think my fish, um, so last year I tied a lot of my own flies and they swam fine and we caught some nice fish, but I quickly realized musky flies, fly tying is not my expertise and I have buddies that are way better than me. So I fish a few Christmas flies. Uh, the one I caught mine, I was actually, uh, my buddy David Holmes tied it for me. It was, uh, more of a, um, it was pink and white. For some reason I like pink. I don't know. Just I've caught some fish on it. It looks fun to fish. Uh, it was a gliding fly. So it fished it really deep, not a Buford style, but a bucktail double, double fly and just fishing it real slow and real deep has an articulated shank in it. So um, and Landon's, I think his, I don't remember if his was on red or it was all different colors, to be honest. I think it was more about depth and kind of how we were presenting them and not as much color. Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm a big presentation. It's more, if you're into colors, it's, I guess it's a color that gives you confidence. Um, yeah. I don't think musky are too. I mean, if you look at their food supply, they, they eat yellow fish, they eat white fish, they eat, you know, red, brown. I mean, it's, I don't know that they're, I've been actually told that muskie are more colorblind as far as how they're hunting versus pike where they like flashy colors where the muskie is obviously the more lateral line predator. So they're that movement when you pop that fly and you get it to push some good water, that's what's going to get them all activated and finding their food. So if you get a good fly that can move well and, you know, with tiny movements of your, of your fly line and, uh, keep that fly out on the dance floor especially this time of year you know they don't want to put up too much effort to get after their food so if you can let it hang in front of their face and dance a little bit they'll eat it i think at least one or two of the fish we caught had um uh what you call it on a lamprey lampreys on them really they're just they're hugging the bottom um not moving much so how big is that um, the one, so the first fish that we caught that I caught that day, uh, I actually saw the lamprey on her belly when she splashed one time. I mean, it was probably a six, eight inch lamprey, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But the one, I just caught one yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's a fat 45 incher and she had like, we netted her and she, the lamprey was still on her side. So they're sitting low this time of year. The other thing too, Grant, I was going to call out a good opportunity for a Micah and Chris story is if you, when you fish flies, Make sure that if they're articulated, oh gosh, you have a dude, strong articulation. This so why who, okay, who here, popped the fly in half? Here's here's a story. So last year, this this goes back to the me and Chris fish somewhat frequently, and we just hadn't had any good luck uh, musky fishing together. Done plenty of trout trips, but last year it was late in the season. Not this late, but it was in November. And Chris and I had fished all day, um, different river than the one we fished this last weekend, and. Um, we had moved some fish on the certain bank and we just kind of like we did this last week and we fished the same bank probably 10 times, right? We found kind of where they were located and we just pounded it over and over. I mean, we, we didn't hardly move this from this specific, maybe quarter mile all day. And it was getting dark, which this time of year is like four o'clock. And we're floating the, we're floating the section for the very last time of the day. We had, we're like, this is it. Last, last chance. Chris is in the front. I'm rolling. And we get down to the very end of this kind of long, deep hole. And Chris hooks up and we're like, this is awesome. Like last few minutes of the day, we're going to net a muskie. It was going to be great. 
so Chris is battling, he's battling and the muskie gets pretty close to the boat. I mean, I have the net in my hand and all of a sudden his, his rod just goes limp and there's nothing there. And he's like, what happened? He strips his fly in and the muskie had, he had a, what, you're using wire or a, you're using like a split ring. No, I had a split or, ring to my back hook. And it straightened it out, <laughs> just completely straightened his fly out and got away. And I think we sat in the boat and didn't talk for maybe five minutes and just floated <laughs> and down just the river. Floated. We just kept floating. And I kind of was like, man, I don't even know what to say. Was, We're was lucky just, that there was no, nothing to run into. Cause we would have just ran into it. Cause it was, yeah, it was, I was so pissed off. <laughs> there, there no I was words. ready to break my rod and throw it in the water. He was close. Uh, and then this, I think it was this winter, Chris was cleaning his boat out and uh he sends me a picture and he had found the split ring in the bottom of his boat when he was vacuuming it out and he sent it to me and so we were finally glad to exercise those demons a couple of weeks ago <laughs> yeah felt good to get that monkey off the shoulders got the skunk off the fishing duo right yep. you got to do yep. that every now and then yeah and we did it in a big way i mean to get the actual skunk off we stuck it well that that was a grind of a day that me, Micah, and uh, our friend Drew were out, and this is in early October, maybe. Uh, it was when it got really cold. I mean, it was like low twenties when we started, and uh, we fished all day. And uh, Micah had one little follow, and then shortly after that, he stuck a stud pike. Like, if we had a bump board, we only had a like a soft tape. If we had a bump board, it would have been forty. Uh, but just That's a stud a pike. pike. It's huge pike. Um, yeah. And uh, so, you know, and that was towards the end of the day. And uh, we just keep fishing. We actually, since we hadn't had any luck there, we floated past our takeout point. And because uh, we saw a spot that could possibly look good. And uh, I go tight and we get this fat 46. I mean, she was thick. And uh, that actually, I mean, that was the fish that got our musky skunk off our backs and then we go and do have this four fish insane day so we did it in a good fashion anyways so yeah, chris 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 has given me some chances to take some pictures of musky so I, I always say i'm at least good for a picture if i'm with chris <laughs> i just get real lucky that's i was, really I was gonna say who's did you have to sell the soul of one of your children for to have a fall this way <laughs> you know um i i gotta give credit to a lot of the guys that like robert at bob mitchell fly shop uh i've been fishing with gabe a couple times this this winter and i've learned a lot from him uh guys like i mean chris willen i've been able to fish with a few of these real good guys luke swanson and they've given me a lot of uh tips and everything so i kind of I take what they put in, like, just like anything in my life, I take what everyone's teaching me and I put my own twist on everything. Um, but for the most part, it's, I'm putting what they've paved for years. I mean, Luke's still newer than some of the guys, but I mean, like Gabe, I think has been fishing for these things since like the early 2000s, you know? And so listen to him talk about these things that he's telling me things that I'm like, Oh, well that never even crossed my mind, but I'll, Sure, put a note on that one. Yeah, if if you could if you could pick like let's call it two things from your general knowledge that you've learned from let's call them the Midwest Muskie Guru crew. 
What what would those two things be from all those guys that you would want to pass on to somebody who's saying, Hey, I want to ruin my life and become a musky fly fisherman. (laughs) Uh, Go ahead, Micah. Man. Well, are are you talking, are you talking directly to me? I guess I don't know what. I had question will be for for both of you, but whoever wants to start that one off first. Oh, sure. I'll I'll start. Um, so yeah, for kind of like Chris, I've only actually been doing this somewhat. Well, I've, I've been, I've gone pretty hard now for about two, two and a half years. So I am by no means an expert. Um, and Chris has been a little bit more when he goes out, I feel like he's, he has a dial a little better. See me, I've had some luck this year, but it's because I go out all the time. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think what I do is I'm, I'm kind of a nerd. So this kind of answers your question along with me just rambling grant, but I keep a, <laughs> I keep a, I keep a spreadsheet and every single float I do, whether it's for smallmouth or musky, I record it. I record water levels, temperature, date, how many miles we floated, where we floated, you know, any sort of like um, pattern I'm noticing. Um, so I know for a fact that I've been in a boat musky fishing for 210 hours this year. Um, and, and, <laughs> And for someone that has like a normal job, like during the week, uh, that's a lot of money fishing. Um, yes. so I, I have caught a handful of really nice fish this year, but it's, I, there's definitely way more days where I go and I don't catch something. Um, so I'm still learning, you know, a ton, um, a lot to learn, but when you go out 210 times, something's going to happen eventually, I think. So that's mm-hmm. part of my success story. Uh, and the other thing I think that I would recommend to people who are kind of getting into it is, you know, find a community of people that are into it as well. You know, part of the reason I have success is I have a lot of buddies, you know, Chris is obviously one of them. And then I have like a group chat with a bunch of other buddies that live in Wisconsin. And whenever anyone's going fishing, you know, they let us know, they let us know how it was, if they saw fish, if they hooked fish. So when you have this group of guys that are all like super into it and you're kind of sharing knowledge or fishing together, um, you know, you really kind of cut the learning curve, I would say. Yeah. Um, So that's been fun and guys in different areas of the state. Right. So I have, buddies that maybe fish water I'm not used to or haven't been to before. And you can kind of learn the area, learn different rivers quicker that way. So I think having a community is, is, uh, is a really good uh, piece of advice I would give. And there's not a ton of guys that are super into it. I mean, I'm, we're by no means exclusive. There's a lot of guys into it when you, you know, there's maybe, I don't know, I don't want to put a number on it, but it's small enough is what I'm saying is that if you do get really into it, you're going to find guys that are going to want to fish with you. Um, So if you, if you, if this is something you're interested in and you get really into it, there's a lot of guys with boats that are looking to fill their three spots and you know, you're going to find buddies that are going to, you know, want to spend all day torturing themselves on a river with you. Mm-hmm. That's, that's one piece of advice. And I think the other one I would give for people that are kind of getting into it is uh, water flows for me have been really, really big. Um, and just tracking that. Right. So a lot of the times this year, I would just go to spots I had never been to before. didn't know anything and just floated them. And sometimes you'll strike gold and you'll catch fish. And sometimes you'll drop in and you'll float five miles of shin deep water and you don't see a fish. Um, so really just knowing, okay, at this flow, I know this section is way too shallow or this flow at this section is perfect. And when you start recording those and recording where you saw fish, when you saw fish. Now, if I want to fish for a weekend, what I might do is I'll go to USGS for those of you that maybe haven't done that. They have a lot of um, gauges all over the country that show water CFS flows. So if Unfortunately, I'm they're normally at dams, so that means that there's dams all over those rivers. But yeah, that's true. But <laughs> one, one positive is, if I want to go fishing, I'll start just looking at flows of all the different sections I've fished and bump it up against my notes to say, okay, I know at this specific spot, if it's flowing at 3,000 cfs, the water is just perfect. Or if I notice that the flows have been super erratic, you know, really high, really low, not stable, you know, maybe I'll kind of stay away from that spot. Or that's just something that I've noticed and that way you're going to eliminate a lot of water 
um, specifically shallow water kind of in the spring and summer times that just isn't going to hold or is unlikely to hold. And you're not going to waste the whole day fishing water that, you know, likely doesn't have much in it at that time. I think that's great advice. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely, I back up the notes thing. I did the notes a couple of, this is like my, I think this is my fourth season fishing for these fish. And for the first two or three of them, probably well, the second and third years, I took notes and then I, I didn't take them as, as in depth as Micah, but my notes were like moon phases, temperature, water temp, uh, you know, which way the, the wind was coming out, um, how much wind, sunny, overcast, whatever. And uh, the reason why I didn't do it this way this year is, it, it, one, I didn't fish as much as I wanted to this year. And uh, two, my notes were all like, when I moved fish, there was like cloudy, northwest wind, whatever temp, you know, moon phase was full moon or, and I was moving them during the, if it wasn't full moon or new moon, it was, I was moving them during the the four moon phases of the day. So I kind of just took that and ran with it, I guess. But I definitely take notes because uh, you can look back and like, <clears throat> you know, only doing it for four years, my notes don't really match up. But I mean, I imagine someone who's been doing this for 10, 15, 20 years, you're going to look back and be like, I was on this stretch of water, you know, this fish was here at this time of year, you know, um, yeah, really pay attention to that time of year. Water, water temps, huge. These fish are, they, everything, their lives depend on water temperature. So when the water temp goes up, they do this. When the water temp goes down, they do that. And you can really, that's you narrowing water down by water temp is, is huge. Cause like, the first fish I caught this year was in August, I think. And, uh, it was in like 73 degrees of water and it was fairly fast moving water. The fish I caught yesterday was in 34 degrees of water. So, I mean, it, it's, it, they're pretty predictable. Once you start breaking that down, the problem is, is they're such snobs that they can do whatever they want and eat whatever they want. So that what you have on your side this time of year, um, is that they have to, they're, their metabolisms are speeding up. The big females are getting eggs and their metabolism needs that to, to build those eggs and, you know, to survive really in life. So it makes them a little bit more predictable, but again, it's, it comes down to whether or not you're in the right place, right time, right fly, right presentation. So. Well, I'd say, I think you guys figured that out um, over the last couple of months. I think that's probably pretty fair to say. Or just got really lucky. Yeah, it's probably. Really lucky. <laughs> I, you, you guys can. I mean, just just tell us where the the horseshoes and leprechauns are at right now. I'm still oh. waiting for the silver spoon to come out in the toilet, but. <laughs> I would say somebody's got the silver spoon. Somebody's got the horseshoe stuck up somewhere uh, that'll fall out when you're walking down the stream one of these days, maybe. Okay. Um, the other question I'd like to ask too is because everybody's, you know, just like targeting, you know, trout, everybody's got their own setups that they get into, especially when they start talking like streamers, right? Um, so talk to me about your leader setups, um, specifically fall time, you know, let's, let's river fall time leader setups. What do you guys like to, to do for, let's call it your, 15 inch double Bufords. 
So um, I'm fishing a heavy line this time of year. Uh, my personal favorite right this time of year is the Sonar Titan 357. Uh, get you down quick. And then uh, especially with the big flies, you got to have something to pull them down. Uh, but my leader setup, I got about, I'd say it's about 20-ish inches of 40-pound uh, uh, maxima. And then goes to 50 pounds. I, I know it's backwards. I got the 50 below the 40, but I like the thickness of the 50 pound uh, Cortland toothy critter. <clears throat> About 12-ish, 15 inches of that. And then I do snaps. Um, I've never had <clears throat> I've never had a snap fail on me. Uh, I know there's stories out there. I, I'm, I was with Micah actually when one opened up on him. Um, but... Uh, so I do a snap, my 15 inch Bufords, it's basically, it's, it's five odd hooks, nothing smaller. Um, my back hooks is B10S and then, uh, probably a good eight inch tail on it with feather, a little bit of whatever wig hair, whatever that stuff is. I don't even know. And flash. And then it goes to a 40 inch or 40 millimeter shank with bucktail, straight tied, not reverse tied. Um, and then to a 80 millimeter shank, half of it's tied and then the other half gets tied onto a front uh, sting, spinner bait hook and then more bucktail and then a Buford head. I mean, it's really simple, but there, there's a couple little tricks in there that I, I won't share because it's my, my little twist I put on the, the fly that's been trusted for years you know yeah. so uh but i got a couple twists that make it dance the way i want it to dance and i'm pretty particular about my flies and <clears throat> i know guys will cut stuff you know material off flies if they don't swim well and retie them and if it doesn't swim well I'll just throw it away i don't care i'd rather just start over and <laughs> i think it's bad juju in my my opinion so what's your collection of <clears throat> flies that you deem not to standard like, do you just have walls of these or buckets? Well, it's just flies? a pile. I have a pile of flies on a bookshelf. And I don't know. There's, I mean, to get to the double that I fish right now, I'm on my, it's probably my third prototype, maybe fourth prototype. And each prototype had about 10 flies. So, uh, yeah, I've wasted a lot of material and money and time but I got a fly right now that I really, really like. So it's, I'm kind of at the point where I'm going to just keep tying them this way. So is this, is this correct? What's that? Do you see this? I can't see it. You didn't, you're not coming up. I'm not coming up. Do you see oh, there, there it is. is. There it is. That, that is the secret material. Yes. Okay. That is. That's what I think. <laughs> so since this is an audio program, for those of you yeah. who couldn't see, uh, Cliff is holding up the magic horseshoe that we all believe that's lodged up somewhere <laughs> in Chris's it, body. It's lodged in the middle of his flies. Uh, right. um, yes. Yes. So, so you mentioned you're kind of particular on materials. Is that why I've seen you've taken to tanning or taxidermying your own bucktails and a <laughs> new hobby that your family probably really enjoys oh they love it my wife loves it it's laying out in my laundry room right now and in the spare bedroom i got flies or i got tails drying in the laundry room and ready tails are to be dyed are in my spare bedroom right now um 
that's a little bit of uh i can yes i can be real particular because i know when guys are selling tails to shops they're taking the best ones for themselves first and then they'll sell the 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 a minus squad to the shop and then i know for a fact that the shop is picking through what they want first straight away so i'm getting you know run-of-the-mill stuff so i uh i talked to a few people and uh found out they're you know, their processes of it. So I went to a taxidermist and bought 60 some tails and, uh, Ben Tannen on there. I got about 50 ish of them are ready to die. And then uh, a couple more ready, still got to drive. So, but now for for Chris, 60 tails is about, uh, 30 flies. So yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. At that, at that size. Yeah. You're, you're, you're actually probably saving money. Unlike most fly tires, uh, and the, yeah, no, definitely. Um, I mean, what's, I mean, you go to whatever Blonder, Bob Mitchell, I mean, a, a good tail is 10, 12 bucks. So I paid 75 cents a tail from the taxidermist and, uh, I got about 60 or so $70 worth of dye. And then I, you got to buy some borax and soap and that kind of crap. But I mean, it's turn. I mean, I got plenty of white tails right now that I can't screw up. So the white's ready to go. It's just if I screw up the dyeing process. But just take the yeah, lower class ones. Test test those out to start. Oh with. yeah, I'll, yeah. I I mean, it's a learning curve, man. I it, it's a. I wouldn't say it's hard work. It's just tedious work. And I mean, I royally messed up the first three. Like the whole top of the tail is gone. So <laughs> I mean, I got the best part of the tail. The bottom's still good, but yeah. So. Well, Micah, how about you? What's your, uh, <clears throat> what's your go-to for, for leader, leader setups, you know, for the fall time? Mine's not very much different than Chris. I think I have, a, you know, a couple feet of heavy Maxima, 40, 50 pound. And then I use, um, I think I have some wire that I got from Lund's, maybe uh, 12 to 15 inches of wire t- tied to a snap, which I was a big snap guy. Um, Chris had kind of mentioned it the fish that I had caught with him a couple of weeks ago, that 43, when we had got it in the net and popped the fly out, I had noticed that my snap had completely straightened the whole thing. Was, wow. So after that, I'm a little bit, a little bit hesitant. I'll probably, I'll probably keep rolling with them cause I'm lazy, but it might hurt me in the, <laughs> I might lose a fish because of it. If I do, then I'll, I might switch, but uh, the snaps are just nice because you can switch flies so quickly. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't say there's anything too special about my setup. And I use heavy line too. Like Chris said, I think, are you using uh, the stay lock snaps? To be honest, Carf, I don't even know. It's the ones that have a circle on them. That yep, that's what I'm using. Yep, yep, yep. Even if those fail, I think they they still like hold. I mean, I, the fish made it to the yeah. net, so it, it did its job, I guess. But um, yeah, and then I just use heavy line, like Chris. I think I have Scientific Angler's musky line, um, 450 grain. Let's get the fly down. Yep. I think that's a, that, that, from what I've been told, it's just a spin off of that three, five, seven. I think it's got uh, a little, I think it's got a little thicker running line or handling line. The thicker running line is kind of nice, especially, um, this time of year when your hands are so cold, I feel like when you strip your line through your fingers, it's easier to slice them. So I kind of like that thick, (laughs) that thick line. Cause your hands do get cold and I can't fish with gloves. I, Yeah, I was going to, I was going to ask, you know, even though it's been mild, kind of warm. Oh, it's been warm. You didn't even have to say that mildly. That water's still cold. 
You know, that's, that's the other thing. It's, it's that battle of, okay, I want to keep stripping my line, but I don't know that my, my digits are going to squeeze that line when it comes down. <laughs> comes down. That's what it always comes down to for me, fishing the fall time. I'm like, if I have to strip set, I don't know that my fingers are going to clench on down on this hard enough right now, but I suppose adrenaline's just going to take over at that point, hopefully, and you'll get a good clamp on it. When you're moving, when you're moving fish, you don't think about it. It's those days when you go four or five hours without seeing one, and your hands are frozen. They kind of, kind of stink. You, you do notice that on those days though, the, you almost, uh, offer to row more often. Right. So your, your hands are freezing. You're like, Hey man, I'll row. No, I just started. No, no, seriously. I'll row. <laughs> Whereas like in the summer when you're bass fishing, you kind of forget time and you fish for, you know, a while and your buddy's like, Hey man, I want to fish. But in the musky fishing, you almost fight to row sometimes. Yeah, there's definitely that where you want to row. It's windy and your hands are wet. It's never a good recipe. Well, it, really, the most important question is, what's the go-to boat snack while musky fishing? Oh, that without a doubt, it's the it's the cookie dough balls yeah. that you can get at at Quick Trip. Oh, yes. those little plastic containers yes. of them. I saw. Oh gosh! So I really try. I've been doing a good job this year of not using single-use plastics. I'm one of those, you know, people that are trying to save the world. Um. But One yeah, at a time. Yeah, no, the, it's a staple. Like it's it was it's a joke kind of now with me and Micah and a couple other guys I fish with. Is like if we're not moving fish, it's like oh man, we got to get some cookie dough in us. That's why we're not moving <laughs> fish because it, oh, it's so good. It's so good. So do they have different so, flavors yeah, that, that, of cookie that's dough? My, that's my tip. That's my tip for anyone getting into musky fishing. You got it. Go to Quick Trip. It's in one of the little refrigerator islands get the you know they got regular cookie dough chocolate chip and then they got i think they got like a birthday cake or, yeah, a sprinkle one or something like that. that's, that's what i saw today i was like that looks like a birthday cake cookie dough sitting in there and i was like yep. i can't eat that right now i'll, <laughs> I'll crack luckily it. luckily i got metabolism still on my side so i'll eat the crap out of that stuff. <laughs> 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 oh very fair. Well, that's pretty awesome. Um, I don't know. Is there, you know, any other tips, tricks, funny stories? You guys fall out of the boat yet? Um, no. The only, you know, funny enough, the only time I've ever had anyone fall in a boat that I'm in was with Carf. Me and I was, and I was there too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was, I was just thinking about that earlier. I was like, <laughs> I fished with Mike and Chris before, and I fell in the boat and I broke my rod. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I, fall, I not I fall down and go boom was the best hashtag after that happened. I love yeah. that. That one is so much habitat. And I and I know you guys are sitting there thinking like, did we hit a tree or a rock or was someone on the oars that no, Carp just he just fell. Just fell? <laughs> we, were, we were parked in the middle of the river. I think we were just having like a lunch break. We we're on the or we you know, we might have been we might have been exchanging who was rowing. That might have been what it was. No, I, I think I think it was a lunch break. Well, I, mean, well, I, I don't know, and I think man, I, 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 it, that was like two years ago. I think so. I don't know. I stood up, and then I just I just lost it. I don't know where <laughs> my center of gravity just was gone. You didn't you didn't have enough cookie dough in your in your tummy. We, yet. we didn't yes. have any cookie dough that day. This was pre cookie dough. Yes, oh, man. We didn't. I didn't know the cookie dough juju yet. 
That was so, a fun day. <laughs> have you have you always had the cookie dough on you all fall? Uh, yes, this this fall I had the cookie dough on me all fall. Well, wow, the cookie dough started. The cookie dough started last year, right, Micah? Is that we had it when it started the day when you lost that fish because your fly ripped in half. Yeah, so really, the beginning of the juju was really bad juju, but I guess we just kind of made it work. <laughs> you fixed it. Yeah, because yeah. every literally every fish I've caught this year, well, minus the first fish I caught, I was solo and I was wade fishing. That's um, a good story, every, Chris. Every you fish you should tell that story, Chris. Oh, the first fish? Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, I had cookie dough on every other fish, but other than this one. But so the first fish I caught this year, um, I was just, I was bored one day and I was looking on, you know, Google maps, like all anglers do and look for holes and look for just being stupid. And I find this spot that looks awesome on the, on the map. And, uh, whatever it's it's like a, a bushwhack crazy climb down it's like straight down to the river where you get to it and i went there after work so i'm in like my, my work boots and work clothes and whatever and uh i get down there i climb down this i bushwhack my way down to the river when you actually get to the river it's like probably a 20 foot straight down cliff that you're standing on and uh i look down and i see this big pool and i just see this monster just swimming in this, just holding still in this eddy off some really good current. And I start freaking out, take a picture. And I try to get down the river again. I'm in my work boots and I start walking in the water and I'm getting my jeans all wet and everything. I'm like, all right, I got to come back for this fish. So next day I bring my gear in my work truck, make sure that I don't have anything going on in the afternoon. And I leave work early park on the side of the road, go down there, whatever. I look and I don't see her, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I cross the river, go across. And the other side of the bank is very steep. So like in order to not be in the water, you have to be like climbing over trees and boulders and whatever. Well, I come up on her and she's about 10, 20 yards down river from where she was before. So I'm lucky I didn't spook her because she's only like, I'm not even joking, three feet off the shore and she's in about 12 inches of water. Hmm. Uh, just holding in maybe mile, two miles an hour current next to, she's on the inside of an outside bend. And uh, so I see her and the only way to get a good cast out her, cause I got trees and bushes and everything behind me is I climb out on this tree, dead tree that's hanging over the river and it's five ish feet hanging over the river. So put one fly on cast up above her strip it down and she turns on it i mean it, so this is a 43 inch fish and seeing a 43 inch fish turn in current and come after a fly is insane yeah she turns she's right on my tail this i was fishing a small fly actually here as a single buford but i bring it and i'm it's like i'm in a boat because i'm five feet over the water so i start figure eighting and i made my figure eight wrong i went towards the shore and i'm in a Again, my fly is in 12 inches of water. I scrape the bottom and it turns her off. Well, she goes literally swim right back up to right where she was. And I was thinking to myself, oh man, she didn't even get phased by that. Switch flies once or twice more, nothing. Throw off another fly, same spot, bring it down. She turns on it again. This time I bring my eight towards the river and just hammers me on the L turn and sends me out into the river She's going down river. Well, there's a big tree to my left and I couldn't get off the tree to get her down to the shore to whatever. So I have to jump. I'd straight 
river runs through it. So I jump into the river and she's <laughs> after this fish. And I don't have a net. I'm wade fishing, so I don't have a net. I'm out in probably, I'm short. I'm 5'2", but I'm in like chest deep water, I suppose, trying to get this 43-inch fish. I get her close to me and I tail her and I just start screaming in the middle of the river. I start bringing her to shore and she, and I get her to shore to get all my, you know, tools to get her unhooked and whatever. My rod's laying on the, she's still hooked. My rod's laying on the shore. She kicks loose and starts swimming down river and starts pulling my rod down river. (laughs) Well, so I leave all my crap on the bank. I grab my rod and I chase after again. Now I'm 50 yards down from where all my crap is. I get her again, have to, you know, I run up 10 yards, dunk her in the water, a couple seconds, run up 10 more yards, dunk her in the water, finally get back and get her unhooked, get a quick selfie with her and send her on her way. But straight Brad Pitt, Asian Brad Pitt, not as good looking. That's debatable. I wish I could have been uh, up on the cliff watching Chris. Oh man, yeah. I, oh, that would, that would have been great. <laughs> I hope to God somebody, some someone, along line someone heard him when he caught yeah. him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure I was squealing like a little girl, and but yeah, it, it's you know it's it's fun catching fish by yourself, but it's also a bummer because a big part of this game, not just musky, but it, a big part of the game is the uh, you know the high fives and the the you know. Hell yeah's and everything else, you know, because I mean, Micah will tell you, I, I scream just as loud when when anyone else in the boat catches one as I do. Like that day that we caught four fish, I couldn't. I, I was hoarse. I screamed so much that day. It was it, it was crazy. My, uh... It doesn't matter the size. Like I I fished with. If you know who Gabe Schubert is, he's like, they, you know, he's musky Jesus. He knows he's been doing this forever. He, I think I was in high school still when he was doing this and, uh, I fished with him yesterday and he caught, he caught the first fish today. It was like a, all of 33, maybe, you know, that's even stretching the envelope there, but he caught it. And I like jumped up and grabbed the net and I started like started to scream and I saw his reaction that he was like, Oh, look at this stupid little thing. And I like had to like have a little moment with myself. I like had to tone myself down. I was like, Oh, you know, it's just a little one. Okay. Don't, don't start screaming. You know, don't, don't look like an idiot in front of Gabe, but, but it's just, I can't help it. These fish are, it's, it's a drug to me. I think a perfect example of that, uh, what Chris was saying when you're with your buddies is my first fish of the year. It wasn't quite as epic as Chris's. Um, but I was fishing a section of river with, uh, a bunch of buddies. So my buddy drew Bobby Landon and Alec, and we had two boats and we were floating down the river and we'd probably gone three or four hours. This is opening day of musky fishing in Northern Wisconsin. And we'd probably gone, I don't know, three, four miles and didn't see a fish. And we we're pounding banks, pounding banks. I'm in the front of the boat and I cast this bank and I do give it two strips and the water just explodes. I mean, just this huge explosion fish follows up to the boat, turns away. And so you know, what we did is we ended up rowing back up river, maybe 30 yards and anchoring and just sitting, having a sandwich, you know, probably waited for 15 minutes. And, um, my buddies, uh, Landon and Alec were in the boat behind us and they had caught up cause they were maybe a half mile behind. And we had told them that I just moved a fish off this bank and we're going to let it rest and just give it another shot, see what happens. So they anchored with us. We just hung out in the middle of the river for a while, just, you know, talking. And, uh, um, I think it was, uh, I think Drew was on the oars and, 
uh, maybe Bobby was, doesn't matter. But anyway, so we, we pull up the anchor and we start floating back to the spot where I had just moved this fish. And, you know, I was, I was hoping that maybe you would come back, but you can never expect it. Right. Muskies are finicky. Right. You never really know what's going to happen. Part of me was excited and part of me was like, yeah, it's probably not going to happen. Opening like, day, spring. opening day, spring, you know, and we were in the middle of the river. This wasn't like off of a tree. It was, it was just kind of this random fish sitting on the bank. And I cast in and I, I maybe strip it twice and the water explodes again. This time the fish is on. And because my buddies had known that there was a fish there, Alec and Landon in the boat behind were filming. So I hook up and I, you know, this is clearly a, a pretty nice fish and I'm fighting it. And, you know, we're floating down the river, chasing it. And, and, and Alec and Landon in the boat filming are just losing their minds. Like in this video, they're just screaming and yelling and following us in their boat, like filming the whole thing. It was, it was pretty awesome. We got it in the net and it was like Chris said, it's just like the total, you know, everyone's, super stoked and it was just a it's fun to experience those moments with your with your buddies mm-hmm. oh yeah that's a, a definitely a team game uh all the time i mean carf was with carf was with me when i caught my first one and that's that a was good definitely video. a hoot and holler everybody's high five and screaming bobby nacho screaming in that video is still my favorite thing in the yeah, world yeah. just giggling like a little girl uh, i like i like aaron's first fish Yep. Uh, and that up was on fun. The same lake. That was, I, I still watch that video from, I'll go back to his Instagram or wherever it is. And I, I'll still watch that video just to see the hype on everybody. I mean, so, I th- is it someone squealing? It might be Robert. Well, but. I, I think, I know Sherlock was squealing. And the weird part of it was, is I was shore fishing watching those guys. Yeah, you took like, the video, right? And I was like, something weird. Like all of a sudden I saw like Aaron laser focus. I was like, all right, I'm gonna hit record, hit record. And then, you know, within two seconds, the, the donkey show started and people are falling <laughs> over the boat. <laughs> screaming and, um, yeah. yeah that, I mean, that, that, sweet. that video encapsulates musky fishing perfectly. I mean, you got three guys in a boat and, one guy is a hundred percent happy and the other two are 99.8% happy. And the right. only point two is because you're not feeling the joy of that fish pulling on your own line. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's like no other fish. I mean, and like to go back four years, um, for me, I want to fish for anything with live, but trout and Micah will, will tell you the same thing that I said that. And, uh, I can remember the turning point. I was, it was a Bob Bob Mitchell fly shop uh, event at Lake Harriet. It was like a, whatever it was, bass and brats or something like that. And uh, Joey was this dude, Joey from town here was fishing a huge musky fly off the dock on Lake Harriet. And we're just, he wasn't even fishing it hard. He was just throwing it and uh, we're BSing. I don't even have a rod in my hand and he has this, 40 something inch fish follow in to the eight and just disappear. And I saw the whole thing. And the next day, and Michael will tell you the same thing. I, I don't really, I'm not a rich person, but when it comes to the stuff that I get into, money is not a factor. So the next day I went and bought two musky rods, two reels, lines, <laughs> everything I needed to to tie musky flies. And I started that day and it's been a weird roller coaster ride ever since. And now, I mean, I still have those two rods, but 
uh, I've recently got a couple of Chippewa River custom rods that are like my my go-to this year. Uh, guy makes some. He spins up some cool rods, and he's it's it's the rod is one thing, but the 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 guy behind him is the best part about it. And Micah Fish is one of his rods too. Um, you can't get better service. I mean, it, he does what you want. He's very hospitable. I mean, everything. Great guy. I yeah, can't I give met, him enough plugs. I met him at uh, Treelands last year, um, and I know that that old cleric crew. They all throw the his rods too, and they nothing but good things and. Um, to say about him, but yeah, super nice guy. And I, his customer service, I think is unmatchable. I think yep. that's, Definitely. that's what sells the rods. I mean, there, there might, there probably is a better rod out there to be honest with you. I mean, really, but, uh, I, I'll sack if there is, I have, I re- have really haven't fished one that I care for any more than that one. And when he's, when he's behind it, I don't mind giving him my money. You know, like it's, it's one of those things where, him that it, it's worth it you know well and the price the price point on that rod i mean oh it's great up, i'll take that all day long right when you're used to paying like sage x or sage one or winston prices i'm like i i'll buy three of those rods you know for for that yeah, price i bought two <laughs> exactly anyone that knows chris he doesn't do anything he wants to do he does not go halfway he goes all in so <laughs> yeah it's so i don't i I don't drink and I don't do drugs for multiple reasons, but a big one is that I have a super addictive personality and anyone, anyone, my friends or my wife for sure will be able to tell you that it, I, I don't do anything halfway when it comes to my hobbies. I it's all or nothing. And I mean, in the four years of musky fishing, the first two, I got thousands of, I bought a boat. I mean, I bought, you know, it's like, <laughs> and it's a nice boat too. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, I bought two, but I, I got, now I have that canoe drifter, which is awesome. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's something that, I mean, you can go as hard as you want. You can spend a lot of money or you can get cheap stuff and do the same thing. It's just what you're comfortable with, but it's, it's, I can tell you it's turned me into something else when it comes to fishing. I don't really think about fishing any other way than when it, if I got an opportunity to go, go catch, I love fishing for smallmouth. Don't get me wrong, but you give me a 30, 30 smallmouth day versus a three follow musky day. I'm probably going to take the three follow musky day. What about the topic? Oh, go ahead. Grant. I was just to say, what, what about if you throw in, because I knew you used to be a brown trout nut. What if you throw in, you, you know, there's a pool where there's a 26 inch driftless brown hanging out? Oh, well, so I definitely still like fishing for brown trout. And I have a couple big ones on my plate. Um, Not literally, guys. Don't freak out. <laughs> no, yeah. Hey. Definitely. <laughs> I, I know the, the, the 27 inch definitely got caught like three times after I caught it. So I handled it well enough. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that fish is like famous around here, yeah, but, yeah. um, Ooh, so you're saying a 26 inch Brown versus a three follow musky day. Yeah. And you know, the pool that Brown's sitting in. Oof. Come on. Where are we? Where are, where is the Brown trout pool? Is it in the driftless or is it in Montana? Driftless. Oh, <laughs> um, 
Who am I fishing with? Carf. For both of them or? For both. For both? Yep. For both. Well, I got to go with, I'm going to go with muskie because I've caught trout with carf before. Yeah. And I'm, we've never even muskie fished together. We've tried, but it, it didn't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Fair we enough. actually had a date planned and then I had I, my family stuff came up so I couldn't go and I had to go on a different day. It's funny. You mentioned that, uh, that Brown trout that got caught. Was it two times after you caught it? Yeah. Yeah. Like that, At least, that one yeah. day that we went out fishing in the driftless when we were on the way back to your house, that's when you saw like, you got to tell oh, that was caught again. Yeah, that was, that's right. <laughs> that, that, was so, that was like a year and a half, two years after I caught it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that was insane. Last, that, was that was last year. Last May. Yeah, so, and I caught that. May 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I caught that fish in G- January of 2017. I hope it made it through the floods last year. Yeah. Well, that fish was an old fish. I don't know if it, it might've been dead by then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it had like leathery gnarly. skin. Yeah. Mike, yeah. you were, you were going to say something before I rudely cut you off. No, I think I was cutting you off. I don't remember to be honest, but, but I was, what I was going to say is there's, there's a few fish that I have that I personally haven't caught, but very distinctly remember seeing pictures of, you know, when you're like scrolling through Instagram or whatever. And that 27 inch Brown Chris caught was one of them where I was probably like laying in bed or something looking at my phone. And I was like, what is this? Just a jaw on that thing. Just a dinosaur. Just yeah. crazy. That and one that was, that was that, what's that? That 28 you caught mousing. That was another one I very distinctly remember seeing a, a picture of. Yeah, that, that, so I had no business catching either of those fish. But Chris has always had a unicorn or a horseshoe, just in case anyone's wondering. Yeah. I, I'm, it's just, I don't know. Maybe, well, Carf, you're Filipino, you know. Yeah. It's, 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 it's just, just part it's of the just how it is, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we have this magical um, aura about us. Well, yeah. Speaking of of catching muskies, Carf, talk about the muskie that you caught the day that I caught mine up in Canada. (laughs) Tell that story. (laughs) This story's stupid. This shouldn't happen. No. So we had had just got back. Grant caught his muskie, and then we were going back to get breakfast and to rotate who goes out in the boat to go fish for uh, muskie. And ate breakfast. Everyone was chilling. Then everyone left. And I, I had a goal. I haven't, I hadn't caught a, a walleye before and I wanted to contribute to the, the end of the week fish fry up there. And so I was fishing a little Mr. Twister on a jig, my spin rod off one of the piers all by myself. No one's around. Sherlock was chopping wood. Yeah. I was going to get there. I was going to get there. That's the best part of the story. I was going to get there. And then all of a sudden, like, I was like, just, jigging I cast and I just remember like jigging jigging staring I was staring at this leaf in this super clear water I'm, like staring there's all these boulders underneath and I'm staring at this leaf float by and out of nowhere this muskie comes up and like looks like it's going to eat the leaf and then it turns its head and it like takes a breath of air I could have hit it with the rod the tip of the rod and I was just like holy shit I'm like what <laughs> and then like I dropped the rod and I just, I bolted to the back of the Island, hoping that like my rod was still back there, like rigged up or a musky rod of some sort. And on my way back there, 
I got Sherlock. I crossed him in this little patch of forest and I was like, Sherlock, I just saw a muskie. And he's like chopping wood and the flannel and everything. And it's summer. And I'm, and he's like, I believe you. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go get my rod. <laughs> and then I run back and I'm on the pier. I don't see anything. And like, I just make a cast to where I know I was going to be crossing over these bold past all these boulders and made this cast couple strips and this muskie just shot out from behind one of them and just crushed the fly and I strip set. And then I was like, Sherlock. <laughs> and then he comes running and I was like, go get the net. And then he runs to the back. I'm fighting this thing. And it was hot. And he comes back. He goes, there's no net. And I'm like, okay, so what do we do? And yeah, I just ended up fighting it for a little bit. And then Sherlock tails it up onto the, onto the dock. <laughs> We got it close enough and he just grabs the tail and he just pulls this thing up. <laughs> and we we're just sitting on the pier, just laughing. Total ninja style. Like when Total we came, it was a nice fish too, Carp, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, it was a big 40. I've yeah, never broke. I don't know. 39. I've never broke 40. I have two 39s on my belt and a bunch of other smaller. You know, so I respect 39s though, because if you say you caught a 39, it was a legit 39, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, BS in that one. Same with like a 19 inch brown trout. I respect that because I know you caught a 19 inch, which is a great fish. Yeah. Great fish, but very frustrating when you continually catch them at 19. <laughs> and you can't seem to whatever reason break that 20 mark. Smallmouth that, the sounds same like, way. that sounds like experience speak speaking right there. Year yeah. after year. There I just it's I don't know. Maybe I always say maybe next year it'll happen. I also need yeah. to fish more, but uh, we, we'll try and fix that. Twenty twenty one, right? <laughs> oh, this so was a, this was a weird year for fishing. It's hard to. It, it was hard yeah, to get out. I see. I don't think I fished with someone this year until my first, my second musky day, which was September, mid September. Sometime I didn't fish with anybody until then. So that it's, it was just weird. Yeah. It's, it is a weird year. Like Ted and I went and floated the flambo in June, but that was really the only like fishing trip, um, you know, that I went out and did this year just because of how weird things is and travel and seeing other people and riding in the same car as all this taboo stuff that you're not really supposed to do right now. Right. But, uh, yeah. Um, well, I want to thank you guys for sitting down and chatting with us. Is there yeah, any, any final words of oh. advice? Carf? No, I didn't finish that story. That must <laughs> it oh. got better because we took pictures of the fish. Oh, and yeah. then when I went after released it, I went and took a nap on the back dock where they would be returning in the boat. That's what it was. I was passed out. I was sleeping. I was taking an <laughs> afternoon nap. Passed out. Sleeping, meaning I was waiting for them to come back. Well, I like, thought you had too many adult beverages. No, no, no. We, no, no. Well, was, we, we, went to, was, we were up early and they got back and I was like, how'd you guys do? They're like, oh, we, Dave, I think Dave Rosine moved one. And then that was it. And then I was like, oh yeah, I cleaned that, that. I cleaned up that perch I caught. I was like, look at these pictures. And I was like showing the pictures of the perch and I passed, <laughs> and I passed by the muskie and they're like, wait, Wait, what? <laughs> no, I was like, yeah, I caught a muskie while you guys are gone. <laughs> so you got to do a slow reveal twice in one yeah. morning, essentially, with fish. 
because we played that game with Aaron when we got back after I caught that one that morning too. He's like, why are you guys' pants wet? We're like, oh, the boat got blown up into the rocks. Yeah, it was it was windy and we had to move the boat away from the island. But <laughs> That was your first fish, right? Or, right, Grant? Yeah, that was That's the first one. That's a stud first fish, man. Yeah, that one kind of ruins you. Um, but Dude. I'm like, eh, it's Canada, right? It's like fake fish. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, they're kind of, they just sprinkle them all over like grass seed up there. Um, they're pretty, but no, that was, that was a, that was a fun experience. And again, like, you know, we we're talking earlier, having Bobby and Carf in the boat made it that much more fun just because we're all freaking out and having a good time. Severely hung over from going to bed about four four o'clock that morning, but I think <laughs> we we made it through uh, pretty decent. That was a fun night. We tried, I think I have pictures and video of Grant trying to give uh, beer to a crayfish. I did, yeah. I was trying. He was thirsty. He looked very thirsty. He, he, was, he, needed, he needed beer. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, if you guys don't have any final words of advice, um, thank you for hanging out with us. Um, you know, I don't know if there's any more nice days coming, but if you go out, you'll probably catch a fish. So yeah, it, uh, hopefully you guys can go out and do that again and just tell us about it. It'll be, uh, be fun to see as always, uh, Brown Trump Bridge Beers. Like us, share us, buy stickers, can koozies, check out Carf, check out these guys. I'll put their links and stuff. Don't check out Carf. Never mind. I'll put everything in the show notes. Um, but yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate it. And hope everybody's enjoying. It's probably 2021 now. We're past 2020. Hopefully you had a good Christmas and New Year's. And we will and it's opening trout season probably right now. Yep. So hooray. Go find that 26 inch brown sitting in the pool somewhere. Later, guys. Buy your friends Thanks. hot dogs. And hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs>